Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we're going to look at Cognac, the great brandy of France. Cognac is a town in southwest France, not far from Bordeaux, and the region itself spreads out from the town of Cognac. And this region has been making wine, and particularly brandy, since the 16th century. And the reason that they started making brandy instead of wine is because of the Dutch. They started trading in this area, and they brought the wine back with them to the Netherlands, but that wine would go off during the journey. And so they started to distill the wine in order to make it um, safe for travel. But that spirit was quite rough, and so they started to distill it again, and they realised that a second distillation produced something much finer and of higher quality, and thus cognac was born. The big advantage that cognac had was the trade route through Bordeaux. So in contrast to Armagnac, which is much more isolated and further from Bordeaux, cognac had the port on its footstep and that relationship with the Dutch as well. And that is one of the most important reasons why cognac grew to be one of the most revered uh, spirits of France. So let's look at cognac and how the spirit is made and all the variables that come together to produce such a great quality spirit. There are 78,000 hectares of grapes planted in cognac and there are three grape varieties but the major one by far is Uni Blanc which is also known as Trebbiano in Italy and this has 98% of all the plantings of cognac. So if you're having cognac the likelihood is, is that it's made from Uni Blanc. This is a grape which produces wines very low in sugar and high in acidity, and so the wines are low alcohol, because you don't want too much alcohol in the base wine when distilling. Also, you want high acidity so that it can go through the distillation process and still be fresh. And also, Uni Blanc is not aromatic at all, it's quite neutral. As a wine, it's rather boring, but because it's not aromatic, that's great for the distillation, so there aren't too many volatile aromas being... Um, converted into weird stuff in the distillation process. However, there is some grapey and floral character to the spirits produced from Uni Blanc, because after all, it is a grape, so you do have that grapiness to the cognac. You can recognise what it's been made from. Uni Blanc also has good disease resistance, which is good because any unhealthy grapes can create undesirable flavours, and those undesirable flavours will be concentrated in the distillation. So good disease res- resistance, not aromatic, great for making into brandy because there's nothing to interfere with the distillation process. The other two grape varieties planted are Colombard, which produce rich, fruity, oily wines, and Fol Blanche, which produces very good, fine, aromatic, fragrant cognac. But this is a difficult grape to work with, and also after phylloxera, producers and growers just simply didn't bother replanting it and Uni Blanc dominated. But there are some artisan producers making good quality cognac from Fol Blanche and those are the ones that really want to work hard to produce very fine cognac. So within cognac there are several sub-regions. Grand Champagne, Petit Champagne, Borderie, Fanbois, Bonbois and Bois Ordinaire. And the best grapes come from the Champagne and Borderie regions. The Bois regions, Van Bois, Bon Bois, Bois Ordinaire, are anonymous and large, and there's actually been a vast reduction in the vines over the last 40 years. And so there's been a real concentration on the regions which produce extremely high quality.
Grand Champagne is at the centre of the region, and all the other areas lead out from it. And together, Grand Champagne and Borgery cover half of the land of Cognac, and Petit Champagne has 30%, so that's 80% of the land for Cognac with those three higher quality regions. Soils here are extremely important, and you'll notice the name Champagne has been used, and the Romans gave the name Champagne just as they did in Champagne because of the chalky soils. And this comes from the Latin Campania, and of course there is a region in Italy called Campania. So we have chalk and clay soils with good drainage but with sufficient water retention. So the vines have enough water but they're never waterlogged, they're not overexposed to water. And it's the subsoils that retain the water, releasing it gradually to the surface. So ideal conditions for the planting of vines. And on the south bank of the river, it's pure chalk. Grand Champagne is the Campanian soil with really chalky, crumbly, friable, iron, marley soils. And Petit Champagne has a Santonian soil, which is more solid and less chalky, but still a little bit crumbly. And the boundaries between Grand and Petit Champagne are um, not completely clear-cut. There's a bit of overlapping between the two. Bordery a little bit different. The soils are more clay, with a mixture of chalk, which breaks down and mixes with the clay. And this produces a unique underrated style of cognac. Grand Champagne is the most famous, but both Petit Champagne and Bordery produce very high quality too. And it's important to remember that not every vineyard in those regions will be of equal merit. So just because it's on Grand Champagne does not mean it's the finest vineyard in cognac. And likewise there are vineyards in Petit Champagne and Bordery which may well be higher quality than uh, Grand Champagne. So with harvesting and winemaking, um, Sulfur dioxide cannot be added to the base wine. Uh, we have the high acidity, and everything has to be handle handled very carefully and very quickly so there's no contact with air and the oxygen in the air. Everything is mechanically harvested and immediately sent for processing. And the grapes are pressed gently because too much pressure would extract undesirable flavours. So as um, we've mentioned before, we don't want undesirable flavours, we don't want aromatics, we want everything to be quite neutral. And for this reason, screw presses are banned. Sugar isn't allowed to be added either, because the aim is for a low-alcohol wine for the base of the, uh, for the spirit. Fermentation starts immediately with a cultured yeast. As with most spirits, the yeasts are commercial and tailored for the um, cognac itself. Sometimes malolactic fermentation happens for stability. And then before the distillation, the wines are stored in full airtight steel containers and high acidity is important to protect the wine and that's why Uni Blanc is very significant. The distillation, after that fermentation, must be done before the 31st of March and that is a very strict regulation. So to get all that distillation done before the 31st of March after the harvest, the stills run day and night. And it's a double pot still distillation. And the first distillation produces what are called the bouillie, which is an alcohol of 27 to 30%. And then the second distillation produces a spirit that cannot be stronger than 72.4%. And after that first dis distillation, the heads and tails are redistilled with the brewery into that second distillation. The still used is unique to cognac, it's called the Charente still, it must be made of copper. It's directly heated with a gas burner, which is not the most efficient way, but that's how it's done. And it has a worm tub condenser. The first distillation has a capacity of 140 hectolitres, and the second distillation a capacity of 30 hectolitres, of which 25 hectolitres 
this, of which 25 hectolitres is a liquid. And it's a bulbous pot built into a brick house, and the heads can be squat and onion-shaped or olive-shaped, so really unusual to look at. And perhaps the best way to understand a Charentais still is to look at a picture of one, because of their really unusual shape. And it's a slow, steady boil, because of that gas burner, it's not um, overly heated. Different producers have different methods, um, and this is regarding the lees. So the Martel method is to remove the lees, and that's for a lighter, purer style, so they will not be part of the distillation. The Remy method is to keep the lees, and this will be a rich, intense, complex style, and even with a little bit of rancio. And with the heads and tails, uh, if they are put in the wine, the alcohol level is raised, reducing the concentration and creating a lighter spirit. That's the Martel method. If the heads and tails are put in the brouille, a deeper, richer spirit is produced, and Hennessy go in between this. So after that first distillation, the producer has the choice with the heads and tails to put them in back into the wine for the first distillation that goes over again, or to put them into the brouille for the second distillation, depending whether they want that lighter spirit of the heads and tails are put in the wine, and um, if they want a heavier spirit, they're put back into the, uh, first, the leftovers from the first distillation. There is vintage variation within cognac, less significant than it used to be because of better vineyard management, better winemaking techniques, and also maybe because of climate change, but bad years can still affect production, of course. For the maturation after that distillation, the cognac must be matured in oak for at least two years and it's usually in 350 litre barrels and that two-year measurement starts on the 1st of April so the distillation has to be complete by the 31st of March and then the maturation begins on the 1st of April and then for two years in oak and there are different types of wood that are used limousan barrels are open grained and more tannins tronce barrels are tighter grained and more aromatic so again the style of cognac that you're looking for or maybe blending the two the first six months see the cognac in new barrels, and then after six months they are decanted into older barrels. And then when the brandy uh, will not develop any further, depending on that quality or what style they're going for, the brandy, the brandy, the cognac, is put in demijohns to wait for the blending, so big glass jars. The location of the warehouses is important because of different levels of humidity. So nearer the river that runs through the region, the more humid it is going to be. And Rather than oak, some uh, oak chips may be used, these are called boise, and these are for the younger styles of cognac. After the maturation, blending and finishing happens. A caramel is permitted, and also a little sweetening is permitted. So caramel is just to stabilise the colour. High-volume cognacs will be filtered, so they're clean to look at. Very old spirits don't need diluting because of evaporation. So some cognacs are aged for decades and decades, and the alcohol will naturally evaporate, so it doesn't need to be watered down. But for the younger spirits, and for most of the spirits in general, reducing alcohol is done gradually using a low-strength blend of water and cognac sometimes to get it down to that 40% level that cognac is generally uh, released at. So what does cognac actually taste like? Well, it all depends on how long the cognac has been aged. And the older it is, the more complex, and the more mature the aromas are. And there are different categories for cognac. So the youngest style of cognac is VS, which stands for very special. And this is usually a blend of brandies between two to eight years in age. So two years are the youngest styles of brandy. And these younger cognacs will have flavours of flowers, fresh fruit, and citrus and often best in cocktails rather than to be drunk neat, because they're not going to be that complex, they're still good. 
VSOP, very superior old pale, is usually a blend between 4 and 12 years. So it's going to be a blend of different ages, so it's always an average age. Cognac is almost never vintage dated. And these are going to be good for, on their own, uh, but also used for uh, a classic cocktail like a sidecar. And these are going to have more dried fruits and still floral. And those dried fruits are going to be quite grape-related to raisins and currants and sultanas, for instance. Then we have Napoleon, which is usually a blend of 10 to 20 years. And these are drinking cognacs, not for cocktails. And these will definitely have oak influence because they've been aged for quite a long period of time. So cinnamon and vanilla and dried fruits and those caramel toffee aromas as well. And that this um, was actually introduced by Courvoisier, this um, age designation. Then we have the XO, which is extra old, and this is 20 to 35 years old for the for the cognacs. And this is going to be the highest quality style of cognac, and this is the, um, this, the, the level that all cognac houses are going to be judged by. So basically, if the XO is fantastic, then that house is fantastic. Um, th these flavours do vary according to the, the producer, so we've discussed that Hennessy style against the Remy style, but it's still going to be quite rich with dried fruits and spices, toffee, nuts, chocolate, cigars as well. And that classic pairing of cognac and cigar would be with the XO. Then there's also Extra, which is 30 to 50 years, and this is going even higher from using cognacs from the special reserves of the house's uh, cellar, so going really, really back in time. Limited batches, um, usually coming in handmade decanters with metals on them. It's a very special luxury product, and it will have some rancio aromas as well, as well as jasmine, iris, passion fruit, cigar box, vanilla, and truffles as well. And then the top mark in any cognac house are called Audage, which means without age, and these can be 50 to 100 years old or even older. And these are from pri private family reserves, and these are very, very limited and cost a lot of money. And Cognac, finally, is dominated by four huge producers, Hennessy, Martel, Remy Martin, and Courvoisier. There are actually 200 producers in Cognac, and I personally prefer to go for those smaller producers just because they're more unique and individual. But the market is absolutely dominated by those four big producers, anything up to 90% of the market between them. And Courvoisier is owned by Beam Suntory, Hennessy by LVMH, so Moet Hennessy Louis Vuitton, Martel is owned by Pernod Ricard, and Remy Martin is owned by Remy Cointreau. So these are huge brands globally available, and they dominate that cognac market. So that is Cognac. Thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.